hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the only podcast fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC cards. Today, we are talking all about UFC on Rochester on ESPN+, but we are only talking about the prelim portion of that card. Now, I know a lot of you out there are probably thinking to yourself, why are they only talking about the prelim portion of that card? And the answer is, is pretty simple. We know that if you're the type of person who goes to the UG and checks out podcasts like this, you most likely already know quite a bit about the main card. You probably already have some pretty strong feelings about RDA and Kevin Lee. You got your pick laid out. You've gotten advice from friends, all kinds of things like that. But maybe you need a little bit of help gambling on the early part of the card. Because the early part of the card can be pretty tricky and we're here to help. So if you're sick of losing at Daily Fantasy Sports because other people know more about the hidden gems of the card, you came to the right place. We're going to get you some crazy knowledge about the early fights. And once you get that crazy knowledge on the prelims, you're going to want to be able to use that knowledge. And I have just the place. This podcast is proud to be exclusively sponsored by BSMMA.com. While other Daily Fantasy Sports sites are are dipping their toes into all kinds of crazy sports like golf and predetermined pro wrestling and nonsense like that, BSMMA is only about the sport that you love. That's right, mixed martial arts only on this site. And unlike those other guys, you don't have to worry about the pesky salary caps anymore. That's right, no pesky salary caps. That's not an MMA concept, right? That's a baseball concept. That's That's a football concept. No salary caps in MMA. Instead, all you got to do is you got to pick five winners. You got to pick how they win and what round they win, and then let your points rack up and win some sweet prizes. And because you listen to this podcast, we want you to get started at BSMMA for free. That's right, for free. So sign up over there now and use promo code PRELIM1. That's right, PRELIM1. And you're going to get an entry into our exclusive PRELIM Primer Listener Contest for a $20 Amazon gift card. So win that $20 Amazon gift card. And while you're there, also sign up for their weekly free game and win some BS MMA apparel as well. To help you out with those picks on BS MMA, I've enlisted the help with a knowledgeable co-host. You've probably seen him all over the web. He's the host of the newly minted MMA Frost podcast, but you can catch all of his content on his Twitter at Grandsire MMA. I am joined today by Lucas Grandsire. Lucas, thank you so much for taking the time to break these down with me. Of course, man. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, so let's get right into round one. We'll put five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this time talking about Megan Anderson versus Felicia Spencer. So Megan Anderson uh, coming off that weird win over Kazingano. She also had a decision loss to uh, Holly Holm. Most people probably do not know Felicia Spencer. She's the Invicta featherweight champion, which she won after Megan Anderson vacated it. Uh, it. It feels a lot like a striker versus grappling matchup here, Lucas. How do you see it playing out? Uh, I agree with you definitely with the striker versus grappler. I mean, just looking at uh, uh, her record, you know, 6-0, and a lot of submissions. Uh, notable last fight was against Pam Sorensen, so that was a, a good look, but the, the thing that sort of uh, catches my eye at first is that huge height difference. You have Megan Anderson, six foot, Felicia Spencer, five foot six. So uh, I expected to stay on the feet. Megan Anderson use her range and then uh, either a decision or she manages to catch her eventually, you know, using one of those uh, weird kicks of hers. Yeah, and it is one of those things where you're worried that, that Spencer definitely can't get inside. 
it, it, do you think there's any chance that any of those like bull rushes she does get her inside on Megan Anderson and will be able to get her against the cage? I mean, there's a good chance of even with some of the kicks she throws, you know, there's nothing stopping her from catching a kick and taking it to the ground. I think it's just uh, depends on how Megan Anderson looks out there, seeing if she's concentrated and if she can uh, control the fight and dictate it for all three rounds. Yeah, and I, I like Megan Anderson here, too, because I, I do know she works jiu-jitsu with James Krause, who is, is underrated in his jiu-jitsu game as well. So for here, I'm taking Megan Anderson, and I like it by decision. How about you? Uh, I agree with you, man. Decision over, uh, you know, a very tactical three-round fight, or maybe she finishes it late, but definitely like uh, the decision pick. All right, and let's take it over to the second fight. So we're going super veterans here. One one time we're, we're looking at guys just or gals just making it into the UFC. Here we're looking at guys who seem like they've been in there for a while. We're talking Patrick Cummins versus Ed Herman. So Patrick Cummins, he was once in the top 15, but he's coming off back-to-back losses against Corey Anderson and Misha Serkinov. Ed Herman is coming off three straight losses, including one to Nikita Krylov, one to C.B. Dalloway, and one to Jean Vellante. Both guys kind of seem at the end of the rope here with the UFC. Do you think either of them have anything left to give here? I mean, the the first thing that I didn't realize until I started, you know, kind of studying it, looking at the record is Patrick Cummins has only lost, like, legit guys. If you look at his record, I mean, even the last ones you mentioned, like Coriander, you know, he has lost to OSP, Daniel Cormier. So that's the first thing that jumps in my mind is that if you're going to beat him, you have to be pretty legit, which in my mind puts him at a more gatekeeper role. Uh, Ed Herman, I think he's really the X factor because I don't feel like he really has anything left in the tank. And, you know, he's fighting once a year. All three losses came in, like, the span of three years. So I really – I don't expect much from Ed Herman and – we're going to look at Patrick Cummins and the power of that mustache and uh, see if he can get it done. <laughs> yeah, the power of that mustache is so true. It, it, it is absolutely legendary. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics of this fight, too, because Ed Herman has got some pretty decent knockouts in his career. Patrick Cummins is a guy who sometimes gets hit a lot. Do you see Ed Herman landing any big shots on Patrick Cummins here? I mean, he's going to land because, like you mentioned, Patrick Cummins, uh, he enjoys getting hit. That's part of having that mustache. You have to be in these brawls. But, uh, you know, at 38 years old, Ed Herman's losing in that fight against Krylov. I mean, that that knockout, it's one of those things. Whenever I hear his name, I think of how devastating that KO was. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not expecting much out of this fight uh, from Ed Herman. All right. So I, it seems like you're leaning with Patrick Cummins. I'm going with Patrick Cummins by, I'm going to say he gets a late TKO here. How about you? Uh, you know, late TKO or, uh, you know, he makes it harder than it has to be and goes to split decision win. But I, I think Patrick Cummins for sure. I'd be really shocked if he didn't get, get it done in this one. All right. Speaking of ones, I'd be really shocked if it doesn't go one way over the other. We only got about a minute left in round one. Let's take an easy one here. I got Julio Arce at two and one, uh, with wins over Dan Ige and Daniel Tamer. And his only loss was a split decision loss to Shaman Marias. He's going to fight Julian Juicy J. Erosa, who's 0-2 after losing to Grant Dawson and Devontae Smith. Look, this, this seems like a head scratcher matchmaking wise. Is there, is this about anything more than getting Julio back in the win column? Yeah, it's about getting Julio Arce another highlight real finish. Yeah, and I guess that's true. It, it is going to get him a highlight real finish. You think this one lasts more than one? Arce is just extremely hittable to me, and Arce's got that uh, that Tiger Shulman striking that that we've come to love. So uh, I see it as a first round knockout. You see it as the same way. Yeah, I mean, I've been following uh, Arosa for a while, and I just don't see how he gets it done. I mean, weird movement or not, it just really seems like Julio Arce has everything to just get it done quickly. 
All right, well, there you have it. That's five minutes off the clock. We are done with round one. We will be back after a short word from our sponsors with round number two. So you've heard the spiel about BSMMA.com by now. You know that all you got to do is pick five winners and their methods and you win some cool prizes. But what you don't know yet about is the bonuses. Because if you're going to win those prizes, you need to know about the bonuses. So for every single fight that you pick, you get to determine a different kind of power-up bonus for your fighter. And it's going to make your fighter score jump way up. My personal favorite that I'd like to tell you about right now is called the Debo bonus. You get extra points if the KO that you predict is one of those hit-it-and-quit-it type knockouts where they just walk off. Extra points added to your score, inspired by your favorite Friday character. So check that one out and all of the other cool name bonuses over at BSMMA.com. Now, back to the show. All right, well, we're back with round number two. Let's put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about uh, another lesser-known name. Charles Jourdain is making his UFC debut. He's 9-1 out of the Canadian promotion, TKO. He's going to be fighting Des Green, who's 2-2 two two in his last four. Although both of those losses come to fighters who are a little bit on the larger side. Both fighters, Michelle Prezeris and Maribek Tysimov, missed weight fairly badly. Lucas, let's start with Jourdain. What should fans know about the newcomer here? Uh, first of all, just looking at the record, you have everything you need to know. All the fights are finishes. Uh, 9-1, he's got an extremely good-looking record. He looks UFC-ready. Uh, I'm excited for his debut, man. Yeah, I'm excited for his debut, too, here. But, the, uh, again, you know, not that I, I want to keep beating this drum, but it, it seems like another striker versus grappler matchup here. You know, Des Green with the, the college wrestling background, Jordan with the hot hands. What do you see as far as that part of the style matchup goes? Is Green just going to to grapple him to death here? I mean, he's going to try, but, you know, Des Green, he, uh, I mean, if you first look at the matchup, you're going to tend to go green because that, that's a name that looks familiar, but I think we could definitely see an upset here. I mean, he's dropped some fights to uh, lesser fighters, and uh, it, it, it might be a big step up, but it could also be the perfect debut for uh, Jordan as well, so uh, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, and I like Jordan here too, mostly because I really like the speed of his kicks. I like the fact that he doesn't telegraph when they're coming. It seems like he just snaps them from where they are, which is a really tricky thing. However, with Green being the wrestler, I am a little bit worried about that wrestling. I am a little bit worried about him getting taken down. And I will say too, Des Green looked a lot more aggressive in his last fight against Ross Pearson, which I think is a dangerous thing too here. I think I might be leaning towards Des Green on this one by decision. Uh, how about you? Uh, I mean, I agree with you. Des Green is also a veteran, so I, you always have to uh, wonder how that factors into the fight. Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan on this one. This seems like kind of the thing where we expect Green to do well, and then Jordan just pulls something out of nowhere and gets it done. So I'm leaning Jordan, but if I was a betting man, I'm not betting on this fight. Yeah, this this one is a little bit too close for my taste as well. Let's get to another one that's a little bit too close for my taste as well. We'll make that's what we'll make the second round, the, the too close round here. <laughs> Zach Cummins is fighting Trevin Giles. Zach Cummins seems like he's been in the UFC for a hundred years. He debuted in two thousand and thirteen, which I realize is a lot closer than than I just made it sound, but it feels <laughs> like he's been there forever. Most recently he's coming off a decision victory over Trevor Hotsaw Smith. Trevin Giles, only 2-0 in the UFC, but both are TKOs over James Bochevik and Antonio Braga Neto. He has looked like an absolute world beater in there in his two bouts. But, once again, can he defend off the heavy wrestling skills in the veteran 
side of Zach Cummins? I mean, here's the the issue I have a problem with. I, I'm definitely leaning towards Trevin Giles, but my issue, he's been out for a very long time. You know, I don't know if people know this, but he, he went out after uh, took a break in 2017, became a cop. So, you know, it took some time off. I think he may have even had a baby in between then. So uh, my question is, how is he going to look when he comes back? I feel like he should take this fight, but that's kind of a, a factor that I'm looking at and I'm a little bit worried about for him, especially with a guy with so much experience in uh, Cummins, uh, not Cummins. But yeah, coming. Yeah, I, I, I'm worried about the same thing too here. And you are right; he did indeed have a uh, have a child while he was out. Um, so so that's like a long time for him to be out of the fight game. You're 100 right to be worried about that. And also, like, is Zach Cummins the type of guy he's going to be able to TKO? Right? Like, it's tough. To, Zach Cummins is about as tough as they come when it comes to that kind of thing. You know, like he's got a decision loss to Michelle Prezerish. He's got a decision loss to Santiago Ponzinibbio like who decisions Santiago Ponzinibbio right like that that's always a knock him out drag him out fight uh, the only time he's been finished in the UFC was by Gunnar Nelson by deci- or by uh by rear naked choke so like knowing that he's probably not gonna get submitted by Trevin Giles and it doesn't seem like Trevin Giles is gonna knock him out like is there a path to victory for Giles other than like just absolutely outstriking him on the feet? I mean, uh, your, your points are fair. I mean, his only other uh, stoppage losses against Tim Kennedy in what was like a decade ago, but uh, none of his wins necessarily stand out either. Uh, I think this is the kind of thing where we've seen guys take a long break, even guys look really good, and we see him have an exceptionally difficult fight where uh, I'm expecting him to go all three rounds. Maybe a split decision, maybe a 29-28, but I think it's going to be a, a good learning experience for him, and I really think he uh, he's going to get it done on the feet. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trevin Giles, too. I, I think, like I said, the, the the striking output is probably going to be enough to win a striking battle as long as he can defend the wrestling, and we'll see how he was uh, while he was out. And that is the end of round number two. We are just about out of time, so we're going to kick it to our sponsors one more time. We'll be back with the last two fights in round number three. All right, guys, let's talk again one second about Daily Fantasy Sports because people use it for different reasons. Some people use it to make money. I've already told you how you can do that. You can get into our free contest, Prelim 1. Use the promo code over at BSMMA. Some people use it for fun. We've already talked about how we can use the bonuses to make it even more fun. But here's the other thing I like about Daily Fantasy Sports. They let you create your own contest so that you can play with friends. BSMMA.com has a function. You can set up games with friends. I like to hang out, watch the fights with my friends. We follow along with our picks so I can make fun of them for how bad they do, then take their money. So you can set up any size contest so you can get as many of your friends as you want. And you can set the stakes Check it out this weekend at BSMMA.com. And we are back with the final round of the prelim primer. Let's put another five minutes on the clock. And we got two more fights to talk about here. So let's start by talking about Ultimate Fighter winner Michael Trezano fighting Grant Dawson. Trezano, 2-0, both split decision victories, a very lackluster performance against Joe Giannetti. Uh, and then he, he took a decision off of violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, which some people think he may have lost. Grant Dawson, only 1-0 in the UFC with a win over Julian Juicy J. Arosa, the aforementioned. He also won on the Contender Series, which I guess you could probably count as a UFC fight at this point in time. It, it's gotten so far that way. 
both of them are very different in terms of aggression. This is sort of what I like about this fight is Trezano seems to be a little bit more laid back, picking his shots. Grant Dawson moves forward at a very accelerated rate, but that's maybe not even the worst thing for Trezano. How do you see that that aggression battle playing in this one? I mean, Michael Trezano, what I find weird is that nobody talks about him. You know, he won the Ultimate Fighter, and that's fair. There are three people that watch the show, but <laughs> against all undefeated people, you know, beats Bob Ross, lackluster or not, he counts as a win. Uh, he, so for me, he's getting these legit wins and undefeated, and I feel like we're not talking about him as much as we should. Uh, Grant Dawson, I mean, yeah, good for him. He beat Julian Arosa, but like we mentioned uh, back, I believe it was round one, that, that's not the biggest win, so I expect Trezano and his experience to just. Uh, I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it to go to the distance. Maybe not the greatest fight, but I'm expecting Trezano to get it done, and I'd be very surprised and disappointed in him if uh, he didn't get the job done. Yeah, I, I like Trezano too, but here's my worry about it too. With the amount that Dawson moves forward, if Trezano doesn't counter with a couple of takedowns, wind up in top control, which I think he'll have trouble with, like a very physical Grant Dawson doing that. If he doesn't do that, it's going to look bad on the scorecards. And he did a good job clipping Bob Ross on the way in a couple of times. But at the same time, I think that that's probably why he lost on one of the judges' scorecards. He seems to get complacent in fights. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to lean here on Grant Dawson. Because I just think the wrestling might be you know enough to neutralize Mike Trezano. And the forward movement might be enough to steal him a decision. So, it sounds like you're leading Trezano. Uh, definitely, yeah. All right, so there you have it for that fight, and that gives us to the very last fight of the night, which is Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts versus Michelle Pereira. Um, so first of all, Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts, two and two in his last four. He's had kind of an up and down career. Most of you do not know Michelle Pereira, but that being said, he's twenty one in nine. You don't see very many people who are twenty one in nine making their UFC debut. But you may have seen his highlights recently on Road FC, which is a regional organization in Asia. He he did a moonsault, okay, for those of you familiar with the with the, the WWE or the professional wrestling world. The dude did a backflip to try to pass an open guard, which, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was entertaining. That whole fight was entertaining. But the bottom line is he's fought kind of really weak competition over in Road FC. He's gotten a bunch of showcase fights. That being said, have you ever seen somebody as crazy as him, and how does that play in the UFC? Uh, this is UFC, man. This is the big leagues, I, I, and he's getting a pretty big fight to begin uh, to begin with, so I don't think we're going to see anything crazy, and uh, hopefully for him, those octagon jitters don't uh, get him in this fight. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that as well. I, I think he's just crazy enough to do all of that crazy stuff, but I actually think the opponent he's got here is perfect for that, because Danny Roberts... Not going to out-wrestle him. Danny Roberts, probably not going to put him in the cage. Danny Roberts, probably not going to throw a head kick when he, he does some weird flipping stuff. So, like, is is this just like a, a, a boxing match, or, or can he throw knees to the point where he does win this fight? Is there a chance Pereira will, does win this fight? Uh, this is Danny Roberts, and if you've been watching him and you've been as frustrated with him as I have, <laughs> anyone can get the win over Danny Roberts. <laughs> This guy's going to get submitted at the last minute, get knocked out at the last minute. He's so frustrating. One minute he's, you know, knocking out uh, Oliver, I believe it's end camp, and you're getting excited and you're thinking, you know what, he's arrived. And then he'll go out there and lose by an armbar at the very last second. So uh, Danny can lose at any moment, but normally 
if there isn't any weirdness, which this does seem like the kind of fight that would have weirdness, uh, Robert should get it done. I'm, I'm going for hot chocolate, but not super confident. Yeah, I, I also am going to go with hot chocolate on this one. I'm I'm a little reluctant because, like you said, he seems like the kind of guy who would just slip into, you know, like one of those like circular flying knees that that uh, Pereira throws, or just just fall into something really dumb. And it looks like you know Pereira is going to throw a whole bunch of dumb stuff. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Roberts too, but uh reluctantly go with robert so that's going to do it with round three and for the entire episode we thank you guys for tuning in once again we hope you learned a little bit something about these prelim fights so that you are more prepared when you either hit your daily fantasy games or when you're playing with some money uh down the line uh lucas thank you so much for the time man i really appreciate you stopping by and helping me out with these of course man i really enjoyed it thank you for having me on